Welcome to Tarpod, the podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. We're informative, controversial, and a little bit crazy. Now, please join your hosts and industry leaders, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tarpod. I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren. And don't forget, we're here for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. So today, our guest is Rich Lewis-Jones, the Accounts Lead for APAC at Smart Recruiters, RL100 member, HR tech geek, self-confessed that one is, (laughs) part-time vegan, which I seriously want to know what the hell that is, and amateur drone pilot, or really just a voyeur. (laughs) (laughs) Not just a voyeur, no. I'm a massive drone geek. I... Luckily, live by the coast, so I get to go out and take loads of like drone photography. Oh, fantastic. Um, the part-time vegan side of things is I give it a good nudge, but then I always do like to get back to a good juicy burger. So I've, I've especially tried, after a night on Yeah, I have tried in my time. I think the, la- the longest I lasted was three months. Um, oh, wow. So, um, but yeah, it wasn't for me. So part-time. Reducing my meat intake you're is the... You're yeah. a flexitarian. You're flexitarian. I think they're called cesarians. <laughs> yeah, there's yes, all sorts of different... Some sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, before we start, though, I just wanted to say that your hotel room's lovely, Lauren. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> it's great. I always wanted to have two men in my hotel room on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we are travelling for our listeners today. We are in Sydney to meet up with Rich. So, our first question is the same one we ask everybody. How did you get into recruitment in TA? Yeah, good question. I got into recruitment back in 2007, 2008. I was backpacking around the world prior to falling into recruitment. I was a criminal barrister's clerk. A criminal barrister's clerk? Yeah, so I was a criminal barrister's clerk, uh, which was quite an interesting job. Decided to take a year out and travel around the world. Travelling around the world, ended up in Melbourne, fell fell in love with Australia. Uh, oh. Went for a junior recruitment consultant's job at uh, Hayes. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get the job. Uh, <laughs> but, it's the first uh, person yeah. I've ever heard who failed a Hayes interview. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> don't don't mean, say that. Don't but, say that. But then the, uh, the lady, Yvonne, that actually um, decided to go with the American chap who had sales experience, said to me, whatever you do when you get back to the UK, get, back in, get into recruitment. Mm. So I went back to the UK got a job in recruitment and then the recession hit so that was fun oh, um, yeah good time good times to um to start in the recruitment industry yeah test your resolve for My sure gosh. how many no's can one person take in a day in the uh, i think it was about 200. <laughs> <laughs> your, yours is interesting because you've gone agency in-house then back to agency then back to in-house then hr tech yes so i did two and a half uh, three years in the agency space, mm-hmm. took the plunge and went in-house, spent a few years doing that, moved out to Australia to set up the talent acquisition team at BCG Digital Ventures, which mm-hmm. is a really cool gig. It was really good fun. And then kind of fell in love with, with HR tech. So made the move into the HR tech space, spent a couple of years with XREF um, and then decided to open up the Sydney office for smart recruiters here back in December. Massive year. Yes. Got married around the same time? I got married, yeah. Got married just before I started at Smart Recruiters. Started my new job with Smart Recruiters. Took a month off, thanks Smart Recruiters, <laughs> for the honeymoon. Um, <laughs> and then it's just been gangbusters since we got back, so it's oh, good. Fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Busy mm. as. Absolutely. As everyone, you fell into this game, as we all do. Yep. All right, so HR tech being your passion mm. and self-confessed geek here. So... 
talk to me, what is the passion behind all this, the next-gen technologies? What, yeah. what really catches you? I think, like, from my TA background, I think, well, in fact, it stemmed from my recruitment agency background. One of the things mm -hmm. that I used to find really fascinating about working for a big recruitment agency, so I ended up at Harvey Nash yep. in London for a couple of years, and it was quite sort of manual intensive work, sort of sitting there, and I just wanted to look at what we could automate. So I started to sort of play around. Right. And this was around the time where things started to, like Chrome extensions started to pop yeah, up, yeah. like scrapers <laughs> for email addresses and phone numbers, all this kind of stuff. So I started to look at that, and it started to think about sort of how I could automate what I was doing and how creative I could get to just drive efficiency. When I took the plunge in-house, I was very lucky when I joined my first in-house role where we worked for a very creative brand and they basically said, we're doing everything manually, let's go out there and get really creative on what we're doing, go out and try stuff. So that kind of got my taste for HR tech is what tools are out there that are available. Mm. Really, deep down, I was kind of thinking, what tools could I use to mm. do, do the jobs that I don't like? <laughs> That's like, always mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the jobs that are just manual intensive, hugely administrative. Yeah, for instance. Oh like, my God. How many times do we ring up people, they don't want to talk to absolutely, us. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we're taking references and you, you try hard not to, yeah. but you end up paraphrasing. Yeah. And you end up using the same words that you use because it's human nature. And I'm bloody hopeless. Do I have to handwrite every ref because I can't type while I'm on the phone to someone? I'm not that quick. That's oh. it. So then I'm double dipping because I'm, so I'm handwriting it and then typing it. Yeah. So no, I hate references. Yeah. Hate mm. So things like that. I think the guys at Video My Job, when I worked at Denso Aegis Network for a while and they we used Video My Job there. Mm. And I thought, God, that's such a good tool. It's so easy. Isn't it so fantastic? Just, and what was really great is when I moved from London out here was there was loads of like, HR tech startups popping up, like XREF, like Video My Job. Yep. But what was really interesting is, and it's why I opened up Smart Recruiters here, was there was not a huge array of sort of people looking outside of Australia for ATSs. So mm -hmm. there's all the big guns, like the the Workdays, the Success Factors, the Oracles, and you've got the job adders and the page ups, and snap hires over, yeah, over in New Zealand. But I was just like, God, there's, there's actually a lot more yeah. Um, yeah. that's available out there. And it's all this kind of, what's the word, kind of curiosity, maybe sensitivity mm. around like cloud and SaaS. Well, a lot too, of people lot are of really starting to sort of lean into it now, but it's taken ATS, a while. I know when we looked back at those when I was back in my cyber days, they're so expensive. Yep. Something because we were be, looking, yeah. they were implementing one particular one globally, I won't say yeah. which one, and for the one or two licenses we needed for the Australian arm, it was twenty or $30,000 a year. Yep. For a couple of licenses. Yep. Wow. And, and that was crazy. It, it was not worth us putting in here. Yeah, and it comes down to things like as well, like if you're not on a cloud platform or working mm -hmm. with a SaaS product, they can't be agile for you. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, for exactly. them to actually update the platform, it costs them money. So then they obviously drive that back onto mm -hmm. the customer. Oh. So it's so important to be able to like use tech that can plug into other tech. So one of the things that I love about Smart Recruit is the fact that anything, anything can plug in. Well, three yeah. of us were um, just sitting in a lobby bar with laptops out, weren't we, working well, away? Well, exactly. So, mm -hmm. you know, and there's just so many tools available out there and everyone's got really excited about going into the HR tech market. Like TA teams are like, I want this, I want this, yep. I want this. There's risk with that because obviously people don't want to get too robotic. They don't, mm -hmm. you know, so what's really important is making sure that you're adopting HR tech that not only streamlines the hiring process for your recruiters, but you need to really make sure that you're still humanising candidate experience yeah. and obviously with all these different techs if you've got 
loads of different tech that doesn't plug into each other seamlessly or enhance the experience. Mm. It just becomes a bit of a nightmare. So one of the things that I absolutely love about the platforms that are arriving here is they're built on open APIs. Yep. And you know you can turn around and say like, yes, absolutely. Well, we love Endorder. Can that plug in so we can streamline our onboarding process? Yes, mm. absolutely. Can XRF plug in? Can Somru plug in? Can Alchemy Interactive mm. plug in? Yes, 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 yes. And then it just further streamlines it. So from a recruiter productivity perspective, it absolutely shoots through the roof. From a candidate experience perspective, they feel like they're getting one seamless experience. Mm. And for the business, essentially it does, if you invest in the right technology, it actually saves you money. And that's kind of the conversation that we're trying to have at the moment, and mm. is you can actually save a lot of money from investing. So we've actually just done a really interesting, we've actually just done a case study with Colliers in Europe in the Middle East. Yeah where essentially by allowing them to centralise their recruitment, centralising their recruitment in a talent acquisition sort of strategy, they've saved a million dollars in their first year with all of the TA stack that they've put in. And, that's and pure, then, that saving was purely from the That's the from being able to bring in everything, so centralise everything. So from recruiter productivity, hiring managers engaging with the platform and the way they're actually spending their hiring, so not having to go to so many job boards. Mm. They're actually what they're and going to a really a cloud-based sort of SaaS solution or solutions. What they've done is saved a million dollars in cost, but actually grown their business by forty-seven percent, really which is just mind-boggling, right? Incredible. Yeah. So it's amazing if you just. I think a lot of people see it as huge projects, but again, if you work with agile technology, yeah. and this is kind of where I'm passionate: is sort of believe in the tech, trust the process partner with the you know that's the other thing that's really important yes all this tech's great but you really need to partner with a business that actually wants to have an impact not just sell you a solution go right there you go we're off good luck with the technology there needs to be this whole like post sales yep. piece which is absolutely massive now like last year um, LinkedIn posted um, I think it was like a survey an article that customer success managers in Australia with the most in-demand job wow. yeah. above data scientists and engineers. And it's because we're, <laughs> in this market, we're a bloody demanding bunch. Yeah. Mm. But you need a customer success manager who can obviously help drive and adopt technology. Because it's not easy. You can't just plug it in and go, off you go, hire manager, off you go, recruiter. They need to be learned and educate. And as it the platform changes and enhances, they need to know what those enhancements are, right? So you need to partner with a... I think there's a lot of, lot of players in the HR tech space that are, are good at winning clients, yeah. but then that piece afterwards, they just have not invested themselves in to, Absolutely. to keep clients. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's a big downfall for a lot of businesses out there. I think it's one of the things that people should absolutely be asking for is what happens mm. once I purchase this? Yeah, Because you can actually go in and talk to a business and you can, and it looks sexy, and it all sounds sexy, and it ticks all the different pain points. But what happens when the um, shit hits the fan? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's you know who is there to fix it? How available are they? What happens? Is there any? Is there such a thing as downtime with your platform? Because so you're saying in the, in the sales process or the when talent acquisition teams are going through a, a project to to look at their tech stacks and, and yep. what they're going to do that. A really important part of that process is to understand what happens post-implementation. As, yeah. as soon as you turn the key to turn it on, yep. how, where, what support level? Yep. Like you said, is there downtime? Yep. Um, how are we advised and trained up on enhancements? Yep. All those sort of things. Yeah, I was asked the hard question this week. I was in speaking with an enterprise business this week and they put us on the spot and said, 
Right, so who is your, so the way that we've got a sales organisation and we've got post-sales um, organisation, which is customer success and mm -hmm. implementation, or implementation of customer success, uh, and they were like, who are these people? I want to meet them. I want to know who they are. So it's really, really important that those people are introduced. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's great that you can say, there's a customer success manager, but who is it? That person needs to understand your business. Yeah. It's like I want so, their damn phone number, so when yeah. it does go wrong, I'm calling someone and I know who I'm talking to. Yeah, it's it's great that we can sit there and sit there, uh, sit there and say, you know, here's your customer success manager, and here's the impact that our technology will have on your business. But we need to know what impact it has, or what impact has had on your business when something mm. had gone wrong previously. Well, I've been working. Um, so we need to make sure that that doesn't happen because if, if it does happen, like the relationship's over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's you know you're you're coming back like fight. It's just pointless. Yeah. I've been working with a, a client of mine recently that are in the um, employee engagement space, platform based. Yep. So SaaS HR tech, and they uh, they assign three customer success managers to each account mm -hmm. for fluidity and if, if someone does leave that it's everything is ongoing. Yeah, well that's the other thing. It's like okay. um, yeah, it's a big one, isn't it? Oh well, yeah, you have to. I mm. think it's I think it's really important that the partner that you're working with truly understands your business. You mm. need to think of them not as a third party but as part of your business. And I think that's something that we've done really well. We've worked incredibly hard at. Mm. Um, but you know I think um, it's it's certainly something that other businesses need to work on for sure. Yeah, and in terms of like the let, let's say the well, not the magic but what's the next big thing do you see coming over the horizon for for talent acquisition teams um, from a tech perspective? Everyone keeps talking about voice tech, right? Where you go with that, I'm not entirely sure. No. Yeah, it's you know I think it's this. Tech whole, can you explain? Uh, I think voice tech, it, so. I think it's, you know people are sort of wanting to know. You know, that everyone's getting these Google Home, Alexa. Personally, oh, of course. Personally, it freaks me out. My wife works I in marketing, like and she won't let me have my one plugged in. When I left XREF, everyone was scared that I'd have no one to talk to, so they bought me one um, that would talk to me. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a bit of a chatterbox. Oh. But, um, but yeah, I think voice tech, you know, do I, as a recruiter, want to know, am I going to turn around and go, Google, tell me what my analytics are for today? Probably not. Is there a possibility for hiring managers that are on the go and, you know, want to be able to give feedback on the bus on the way home or between meetings to be actually able to record their interview feedback? And perhaps update that in the ATS in real time. I don't like Alexa. I, no, why? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, 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 just, I don't Alexa. like it. Don't like it. No, so it's, it's. It's. I just find it a little bit too intrusive yeah. to have my whole entire life being listened to. On yeah. The, and it's on the web, even though it's. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I think like the big competition at the moment, or the big drive, is the whole how centralised and how seamless can we get this? So, mm. you know, one of the things that we're really striving to work towards is you know smart recruiters itself is built on open apis mm. um when we plug in any reference checker any video interviewing platform any chatbot any ai screening tool what we want to achieve is we want to make sure that the actual uh, and any ats any vendor should be thinking about this is how can we make the experience as good or if not better yeah so that when the you know and that could be from an experience perspective does it get it faster it's great that ATSs can plug certain things in but I think there's a lot of you know ATSs and some we're guilty of it you know ATSs are guilty of it is that the improvements need to be there it's yeah it's a big big challenge but I think if you're not thinking about that is how can we plug in 
this tech and then not just slap it in your marketplace mm. is how can we plug this in and make the integration as good as it can be I think with what's been going on in the market in tech and please both of you correct me if I'm, yeah. if I'm down the wrong rabbit hole here is I remember like back in the day when we were all recruiting everyone was trying to deliver these ATSs that had everything everything was all in one yeah. go but you can't perfect everything and I no. think having the bolt-ons works better yeah. when you know you're getting the best of one of both things yeah. and to, yeah. making them join. Well, it's allowing them to create their own environment and what they need for their own business, yeah. isn't mm. it? Well, we're, we're actually seeing, I won't mention names, but we're actually seeing a big movement in lots of large enterprise organisations that have typically built homegrown ATS mm. platforms because they hire amazing engineers. Mm. And what that does is essentially gives you like the kudos to think you know we can actually go out and build anything we want and it'll yep. be amazing but every, like you say yeah, there's yeah. there's best of breed of everything is, right yes. so you're not going to be the best at everything no you can't no. unfortunately i want to be but you can't be can you yeah. <laughs> i just have to stick to being part-time vegan <laughs> um well, you're good at that but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah but it's you know it is like you're absolutely right it's you need to make sure that you stick to what you're best of breed at mm. we stick to being best of breed at an ats and crm um, and then there's lots of different tools out there, the XRFs, the M borders. That God, mm. there's so many. God, there's hundreds. There's so, so many. Out many. There now. My God. Well, we had we were at a at a meeting yesterday where um, Rachel Hill presented, and she said yep. she's a, she said that she has reviewed over two thousand um, mm. HR tech. Yeah, yeah, like she's done a lot of work actually when looking at HR tech. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's there's lots of people, lots of different options out there for yep. people. And and to be honest, I think. You know, um, someone else said that talent acquisition teams are one of the most over-marketed functions so that, you know, <laughs> usually from recruitment agencies, but yeah. also with the HR tech out there at the moment, they've been, uh, it's coming from all sides. Yeah. Mm. And it's very difficult because they're restricted by budget. Yeah. And also, obviously, during this time, they're trying to continue a, a really in-depth recruitment function. Yeah. So how do they get to review what's what's right for them? It's so hard. It's really yeah. confusing. It's... Uh yeah, very, very confusing. People are, budgets are limited. Mm. I think the most, again, going back to that question about what you should be asking vendors is very much about, it's because, again, it looks sexy, but what is the actual business impact that that has on us? Mm. You know, is it actually saving us money? Is it essentially actually going to drive revenue? Yeah. And that's a big like conversation that we're trying to drive at the moment is TA and HR yeah. is seen as, you know, a bit of a cost center, looking at cost per hire, things like time to fill and quality of hire. Mm -hmm. But what we're actually sort of challenging people to do is actually looking at what is your hiring budget and are you investing adequately into your recruiting? Looking at rather than time to hire, are you actually filling those jobs on time? So I've had this in the past where I've been a TA manager and we managed to get our hiring process from 45 down to 21 days and we thought that was a huge achievement, but mm. we needed that person six weeks ago. Yeah, mm. and if that person's not on your in that seat, you're losing revenue. Yeah. So you know it's it does have a huge impact, and I think you know what you need to be, and that's what businesses need to be looking at. And we're challenging them to think about that because mm. people kind of seem quite content. One of the things that I found, um, and we're trying to really challenge it, is just because you're hitting hiring numbers it doesn't mean you should be content. What else could you be doing? Yeah. You know, what else could you be pushing back to the business? There are metrics out there that could actually help you get a seat at the table. So there's lots of businesses out there where CIOs are making the decisions on big tech 
and then TA unfortunately I've been given hand of the system that doesn't actually affect um, well it has a huge effect but not in the positive sense on things like candidate experience recruiter productivity and higher manager engagement um, mm. so we're just trying to get people to think about that is what can mm. you actually do to build a business case what we call like a hiring success methodology to actually take that to your board and say hang on a minute our TA team is um, not only driving costs down because we've streamlined everything um, and bringing hiring costs down, but we're actually driving revenue because we're bringing better quality of talent ahead of when we need it or on time. Yep. Mm. And that actually drives massive business outcomes. But a lot of TAHR teams haven't actually had the ability to be able to present that or partnered with an organisation that actually can help them do that as well. I think a lot of the And I find that fascinating. I think there's there's so much out there that you can do around that. I think a lot of the decision makers they come they don't look at the talent team as an essential function in in the in the hiring process. Yep. They just look at it as a oh we can get away with not paying fees yep. to external recruiters. Yep. And it's it's not the way to view that. Mm. No. They, yeah, they are a center to attract people, they're marketing your your products, yeah. your company. It's a sell both ways. Yeah, if you're doing it right, you create so the, much the pools, more. and you've got that that talent there ready to go. Like you said, yeah, before you need it. Yeah, it's funny because there is still an argument around: is TA attached to HR, or is it? A, I'm is a it big marketing? no. I'm a like big, it's the big no it's the on big HR. Debate. Yeah, it's the big debate. Um, yeah. HR takes over. My view on this is: the day they walk in the door. Yeah. That day is a fuzzy line between one letting go, one yeah. taking over. I think TA and HR are very aligned to marketing because TA are all about mm-hmm. attraction, yep. HR are all about retention. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's my, I, and I think it's quite black and white for me. There's lots of people, I was at the ATC recently and I think James Elliott from CBA was very much saying no, it's not marketing. So it was quite interesting. So there's, there's I think, yeah, it'd be always one of those okay. ones. Yeah, what's, I think we argue quite a lot. I need to sit down ages, with James yeah. Elliott, I think. I think, yes. I think it's really good. <laughs> you should. I think there's good. If you are listening, Mr. Elliott, call me. Super, super <laughs> smart guy. His presentation was absolutely fantastic. So it was, yeah, I'd, I'd love to chat with him about that, to be honest. All yeah. right. Would you like to be a guest presenter <laughs> that, that particular yeah. podcast? Yeah. And can you ask him when you call him if he'll refinance my mortgage for me? That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. What rate would you like? Yeah, what rate would you like? <laughs> We're going to end the episode here with Rich Lewis-Jones this week and pick it up next week with more discussions of HR tech and this weird part-time veganism of his. So looking forward to hearing, hearing your opinion. So jump on our LinkedIn page and feel free to reach out to us at any time and we'll catch you next week. So that's a bye from Lauren. And bye from me. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. Please don't forget to subscribe and look out for upcoming podcasts.